This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sports Biz Pod. Today is Friday, April 10th, 2020. This is the Sports Biz Rundown. For the Sports Biz Pod, we release two episodes per week. On Tuesday, featuring an interview with an athlete, entrepreneur, or a thought leader in sports and entertainment. And then on Friday, we do the Sports Biz Rundown to provide commentary on top sports biz news, events, careers, what went down that week, and we bring on special guests. So. For this week, there's a lot to talk about. Obviously, um, the issues we're facing with coronavirus um, and how the sports industry is adjusting to that. So we're continuing to push out new opportunities and ways to kind of build on this new lifestyle that everyone has to conform to. And for today's episode, I'm uh, really excited to bring on uh, Will, who is the founder of Slate, which is a tech platform that helps uh, teams manage their content uh, through live and, and captivating the right um, branded content. So, Will, um, really excited to have you on. Um, how are you doing today? Doing great. Doing great. Yeah. Um, excited, to, excited to be on the, the pod today and chat sports and social. And some of my favorite things. Absolutely. So, so Will Brook, where, where are you from again exactly? What's your, what's your hometown? So I'm from Colorado, um, but I've been here in New York um, for around five years now. Yeah. Nice. So, so tell us about, you know, the quick like genesis of why you guys started Slate and, and kind of where you are now. Yeah, definitely. Um, so our team, we're a mix of former marketers at um, NFL teams and uh, the league itself. And, um, you know, when our team was creating content, you know, at the 49ers, the Chiefs, at the NFL, um, we were kind of consistently finding the same pain points, which was that it's challenging to create content consistently across different social media platforms, you know, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, um, for really well-defined brands like these sports teams and leagues. Um, so what we did is we created this platform, Slate. Uh, uh, it's a web and mobile platform, and it allows brands to create content with you know, their fonts, their graphics, filters, overlays, everything that you'd see in Instagram or Snapchat or Twitter post, they can control and manage um, through our platform. So um, just kind of addressing a pain point that we've been kind of feeling ourselves um, when we were creating social content um, within sports teams. Yeah, so, so tell us about a few of the, the teams and, and leagues that you work with currently. Yeah, definitely. Um, so for the most part, we're working with over 30, over 35 pro sports teams, um, but we're also working with, you know, sports apparel companies, sports news, um, it's other, other types of businesses as well. Um, but, you know, I think the most exciting thing for sure is uh, for the Super Bowl, we were able to have um, the Chiefs and the 49ers use Slate to create all their Instagram content, along with uh, the NFL and Fox Sports. Mm -hmm. So just kind of all the big players, big moment, 
them all trusting us to create um, all their real-time content for stories. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And congrats on that. I've been following along the progress you guys have made and um, you guys are hitting the right strides and talking to the right people and doing the right things. And um, kind of a quick question to follow up on that is, you know, you obviously got a lot of traction with teams and leagues and media outlets utilizing your guys' technology. And a lot of the, the, the content that, that your customers use is driven heavily with live events. And obviously um, content's not going to go away, but live events are on pause. Um, can you tell, tell us about, you know, you mentioned to me the other day about some um, strategy that you offered for a lot of the teams and leagues about how to produce content and what to be doing right now while there are no events. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been an interesting time, right? I mean, we're um, a lot of these sports social media teams were able to rely on just the naturally captivating fun content of games that are happening. Um, and now that's gone. So there's this big vacuum of, you know, content that's not available to teams um, anymore. Um, but fortunately, you know, with, you know, with uh, adversity, you know, comes creativity and, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of fun ideas and, and innovation. Um, so I, I think, you know, one of my uh, favorite things right now that we're seeing are um, teams really leaning into the players themselves and what they're doing, even if it's at home and creating content for that. Um, so player videos are, are having huge kind of showing their families, you know, showing them cooking, you know, uh, showing who their pets are. Um, and in a way, you know, it's, it's probably doing the players a huge, in an in, in, in inadvertent way, a huge service to actually get the fans to connect with them on a way that they weren't actually able to connect with them that would just be on the field or on the basketball court, you know, or on the pitch. Um, so I think that's been super interesting. Typically, with social behind the scenes content is really fun and engaging for fans because they don't get to see who the player players are off the court. Um, but now this has been something that a lot of teams are posting and um, it's getting really great uh, engagement um, from what we've been hearing from teams. Um, and it makes sense. I mean, you know, sports isn't all about the business of winning. It's about entertainment. And a lot of these players are just naturally very entertaining. Um, so I'd say a lot leaning into that at home content, um, and then, um, definitely, you know, using live streams, um, that are, you know, at other events, you know, like at home and places like that. Um, and then throwback content has been huge. You know, all these teams have these massive repositories of really fun, epic moments, and they're recycling that and trying to kind of make that relevant. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And, um, yeah, moral, moral of the story is that the content doesn't stop. If anything, it ramps up and it's more creative. So um, you guys are definitely a great spot to, to kind of help fill that void. And obviously, it's disappointing to not have live sports. And there's a lot of amazing content that comes from that. But now it's just, you know, pivoting and uh, being creative to come, come up with new forms of content. So um, mm -hmm. appreciate that insight. So let's get right into it. Uh, we're, we're going to kind of break down the top sports biz news stories. We have six featured stories that we're going to highlight and starting um, revolving around coronavirus updates. So with the sports industry, we've seen a lot of um, events get canceled and postponed. And this past week, we've actually had a lot of optimism about when sports will be returning back. Um, so kind of starting with uh, the UFC, um, they uh, originally announced this week that they're going to uh, acquire an island um, and a tribal area in California to host fights and promotions. And they were actually set to have um, a fight going on this weekend. And uh, that was announced earlier this week, but ESPN actually just 
um, requested that they do not put on that fight. And I believe that happened sometime yesterday. So um, that's kind of some big news where Dana White um, kind of made a power move to, to make something happen and be one of the first sports leagues to um, put on an event, uh, obviously without fans. And then it was uh, quickly kind of shut down. But um, Will, uh, it sounds like you were kind of following this story. Um, what are your thoughts on this and, and kind of um, you know, the adjustment, especially within UFC? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I bet a lot of um, a lot of leagues and we're looking at what the UFC was doing closely to see see if that was a playbook uh, that they could potentially follow. Um, the uh, on the other hand, you know, I, I, I kind of am on my side of things personally, I, I kind of agree with with the ESPN side of things. It's it doesn't really make sense right now to be sending the message to the rest of the country that they should be ignoring, you know, mandates to stay at home or you know, bans on in-person gatherings, all that stuff. It's, it's super serious. And, um, there's, there's definitely right ways to do it. Um, you know, Bundesliga right now, they're still scheduled to, um, start things off in May, but Germany hasn't been hit nearly as hard as the U S. Um, and they're getting approval from the German government to go ahead. Um, so with, uh, with UFC kind of just going directly against the governor of California, governor of California and, and uh, not really kind of reading the temperature for how serious things are right now in the U.S. It, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I can see, I can see your ESPN and I think Disney too is part of that, um, where they're coming from. But uh, yeah. I'm personally, I, you know, I, I think like with everybody, I, I would love for all, everything to be starting um, as soon as possible. And, you know, whether it's the empty stadiums and, you know, the players are self-quarantined. Um, but you, you kind of have to like read the room and, and see what's appropriate and what message you're sending out to the fans uh, in terms of, you know, what's really important. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I was looking to kind of tune into that. And, and also from the other standpoint, it was, a, I believe, a $70 pay-per-view. So given the economic hardship as well, some people might not as be justified to buy a pay-per-view like that. But, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, Dana White just as an entrepreneur and mm -hmm. kind of pushing the envelope. So kind of agree uh, with ESPN's move. And it seems like Dana White was very uh, comprehensive and accepting of that. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just very interesting to see um, he, he's still claiming to be going to be the first uh, sport to come back. So, We'll see if he pulls that off. And obviously, um, combat sports, it's um, you know, pretty graphic and hand-to-hand. -hand. There's no uh, – each of the fighters are going to be battling against each other. So yeah, if one yeah. of them did have the, the virus, then the other person will very likely get that as well. Yeah, so No social distancing with fighting. <laughs> exactly. So um, to kind of segue into a sport that actually um, you could be social distancing is golf, uh, which I've yeah. been thinking a lot about where – uh, the yeah. Masters Golf Tournament is supposed to be held this week, one of the most mm -hmm. premier weeks in sports that kicks off the spring. Obviously, um, you know, the Masters was postponed, and actually they just made an announcement this week that they're going to identify November, November 9th to 15th as intended dates to hold the 2020 Masters, obviously with a lot of um, public health and check marks that need to be happened to make sure it's safe. And we'll see if actually fans or patrons, what they call them at Augusta, will be able to, to come to that. But it's really unique because golf is actually one of the very few sports where you can go um, throughout the whole entire match without actually interacting or touching somebody. And there's a little bit more control. So um, for, for something like that, um, you know, Will, what are your thoughts on that with uh, the Masters rescheduling? They're one of the kind of the fewer sports um, entertainment um, leagues or tournaments to kind of set the date 
about when uh, things will return. So um, I thought this was interesting, just given that I've worked the Masters and um, excited for for the moves that they're making. But what are, what are your thoughts on moves like this? I mean, I'm excited. I mean, any Masters is is better than no Masters, uh, in my opinion. I think I think some people were probably bummed to hear November. I mean, that seems like such a long time um, from now, but um, it's it's nice to know that something has been planned and and uh it totally totally seems like something that's much more realistic to get off the ground than you know maybe team sports where there's you know much more higher likelihood of people con- contaminating one another um the uh, uh it's also kind of interesting that you know in some ways the way uh these the masters getting postponed really helps some players more than others i mean you know tiger was dealing with that back injury um I'm, I'm sure there's a bunch of other pro golfers right now that have been nursing injuries and weren't really feeling ready. Um, and now they're going to have tons of time to recover, be in top form. Uh, you know, Tiger can you know, be in a better position to you know, defend his, uh, you know, the cup. The, uh, the other kind of piece there is with the, the social isolation aspect, I'm wondering if this means now that players are going to be carrying their own bags and not have, uh, yeah. not have caddies or, or if they do have caddies, are we going to be seeing them wiping down their clubs um, every time <laughs> before they go to swing? Yeah. How does that impact your, your mental game um, as a player? Yeah, I think it will be a historic tournament if, if it's able to be pulled off. Um, and uh, just kind of been able to work it for three years. It's a very unique tournament where UFC is tour-based. You can go to any city at any time. Um, you know, the Super Bowl, it rotates as well. But with the Masters, it's one of the tournaments that – is there in Augusta and that city really relies on the amount of tourism and people that come in for that week. So a city like that, they need the tournament to thrive and so many people rely on that. So I could see um, them being very proactive, actually getting this done and, and we'll, we'll kind of play by play this on, on how updates you know come up. But um, you know, I'm, that makes things a little bit more optimistic that that could be a realistic time frame for one of the major sporting events to, to take place. So um, we'll kind of keep everyone updated on that, but that's a very interesting story. Um, moving on to kind of sports money topics. So um, every uh, year, Forbes releases the um, valuations of various sports teams, ranging from NFL, NBA. Um, and it looks like yesterday they just released the valuations for um, baseball teams. And uh, this is one of my favorite uh, publications that, that Forbes Sports Money releases. Um, and uh, it, it's quite interesting to see obviously the Yankees are one of the most powerful brands uh, with the with the highest valuation um, and it, it seems like you know the teams it, it's not going to you know we'll, we'll see how it impacts the MLB season um, but uh, well I'm, I'm not sure if you're able to kind of take a look at these valuations but if you had any kind of thoughts or opinions on that yeah I mean it's I think it's it's I love reading an article like that especially right now when we know how much these teams are getting affected by Corona. And uh, I am, I'm kind of curious to see whether Forbes has, is able to take that kind of stuff into account. I know, you know, all these teams are, you know, they're gonna be losing millions of dollars in revenue um, because of COVID. Um, But, you know, if, if Forbes is taking that into account, then that's, that's actually a really, that's a great sign. Um, And uh, it's, it's also just interesting to hear how consistently positive these articles are about, the valuations of U.S. sports teams, where every MLB team is worth at least a billion dollars, um, and that's typically, you know, I feel like a lot of the conversation's been about how esports is blowing up and you know, how much money there is there, and 
Um, but it's, it's really the traditional sports teams, MLB, you know, NBA, NHL, um, NFL, they're just so consistently doing well. Uh, I feel like sometimes they don't really get the attention and love that they deserve um, yeah. from the more like flashier, shinier you know, esports teams um, that, you know, except for Call of Duty, you know, have also been suspended and haven't actually seemed to be as immune to, uh, to this, this COVID scenario um, situation. Yeah. It's quite interesting, yeah, and, and I see in, in this article that coronavirus will is expected to cost U.S. sports leagues at least $5 billion. Um, and uh, to kind of put that into uh, perspective, after, if you look at this um, article written by the top team, that's the valuation of the New York Yankees is $5 billion, and it has a 9% increase from last year. But kind of quickly going through the top five teams, we have New York Yankees valued at $5 billion. The LA Dodgers rank uh, valued at 3.4 billion. Red Sox valued at 3.3 billion. Chicago Cubs valued at 3.2 billion, and then the San Francisco Giants valued at 3.1 billion. So um, from one year change, all of them are up, you know, roughly three or four percent. Um, but yeah, this is one of the most interesting reports, in my opinion, about tracking that. Obviously, it is estimates, and Forbes takes into account. Um, you know, gate, ticket sales, media uh, sponsorship, other stadium revenue. Um, this is probably the most closest to a team valuation, although it's uh, since they're private enterprises, it's not publicly traded. A lot of the information is, um, you know, very closely estimated. But um, this is from what I understand, this is one of the closest, you know, valuations to what, what teams are, are worth. So, um, you know, that's that's pretty interesting. And any other thoughts on that team valuation? Yeah, I mean, I think. I, I, I just love, re, I'll repeat, I mean, I love these stories. It's, it really shows how well these sports teams and leagues have adapted. Um, you know, they're not all the revenue. It clearly is tied up just in stadium sales. You know, they, they're increasing their international audiences. They're, they're still able to engage with audiences digitally or find other ways to tap into uh, sponsorship revenue. Um, yeah, I, I, I love, I, I think it's, I think it's great. Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you kind of a, a question here on the spot where um, if you had to, um, you, if you had enough money to buy any sports team um, and, and depending on the league, which one would you buy, you know, just based on the actual price point now and then where the potential would be um, to kind of give you a perspective, I'd buy, I'd like to buy like an NBA team, um, just mm -hmm. given that the upside potential and the global reach. But if you were to have to buy a team, you know, get to buy a team, what, what would that, what kind of league would it be in? I'll go as specific as the team. Okay. <laughs> I, would go, I would go with uh, Inter-Miami. Uh, I, you know, I think MLS has so much potential. Um, the, uh, just generally, you know, soccer is, is so international. Um, and then with David Beckham's backing, I think that's just like you know, a triple threat pretty much. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I just love also where, you know, to state the obvious, where Miami is positioned. It is right next to Latin America one of the yeah. biggest sports markets, uh, you know, out there. So I think they just have a ton of potential and it's been exciting to see the steady clip of how many new teams are coming out each year and, you know, the increase in stadium attendance. And I'm starting to see more and more people wear you know, MLS jerseys mm -hmm. throughout New York right now. And I didn't really see that a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. So coming up in yeah. conversations more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that. They're very specific. And um, I, I agree with that as well. With like the MLS. That's probably a safe bet. Um, it might be difficult to, to try to get your hands on the team where Beckham owns it. Um, he's <laughs> probably one of the best, um, yeah. you know, equipped owners for this. But yeah, I agree with that. Just the geographic location. 
they're building a new stadium. They secured some big sponsorship deals. So um, that's very interesting. Moving on to the, the next article, we have the NBA uh, players that are going to receive their full checks when the next payday is supposed to arrive on April 15th, despite the games not having been played. So um, that's kind of interesting. Obviously, NBA players get paid uh, quite a hefty sum. And uh, that's going to be a lot of cash flow going out to the NBA and each of their teams to support that. But it looks like the NBA players are going to um, receive their full paychecks, um, which is quite interesting. We'll see a lot of players actually have donated their paychecks to stadium workers and other people that um, rely on that. But, you know, what are your thoughts on, on that kind of news coming out? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's, it's a tough scenario. It's a tough situation to be in for, um, for the teams where you know, clearly they're hurting, um, but um, they also need to, they also recognize that uh, the, the fans are really following the players as much as the teams themselves. And so um, you know, the, the players need to be taken care of and, and the players are still a genuine source of entertainment right now. Um, and I think it, it, what's, what's nice is that we're seeing that the teams and the players are being super flexible in terms of how they're working together. You know, obviously, NBA 2K with Durant and uh, 2K with NHL and a bunch of other uh, leagues right now. I'm um, trying to incorporate the players um, in, into those like kind of custom, you know, one-off or potentially repeat um, new campaigns to try to get the most value out of you know, this, the amazing rosters these teams have. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. I, I feel like I, if I, if I read that article correctly, it seems like, it's they're covering the payment for this pay cycle, but it's not necessarily going to be something that is guaranteed to continue throughout the season. So um, we'll, I, I think we'll have to see depending on uh, whether games pick up relatively soon, whether they're able to commit to, you know, continuing that throughout the year. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And it's a good segue to the next kind of uh, topics of just, adapting to the new normal where you mentioned that they are still forms of, you know, highly engaging uh, entertainment. So for example, ESPN is going to host um, the, a horse challenge where they'll uh, televise various NBA stars uh, competing in a horse challenge. That's going to be on air um, April 16th, beginning at 9 PM. So you mentioned like we, we kind of were just talking about the NBA 2K tournament um, and, and various other ways to kind of keep people engaged, but this is kind of a, example of that um and any thoughts or any ideas maybe the content behind um this tournament that's going to be televised that's it's so brilliant right i mean horse that's something that everyone can identify with it's um you know i'm in i'm in bushwick here in brooklyn but you know two doors down there's uh, my neighbor has you know a, a hoop you know he can he can play horse you know you could even imagine some of these fans um playing horse side by side the players um you know, as, as they're watching it. Uh, I think, I think it's a lot of fun and um, it, it shows how flexible and creative uh, a lot of these teams and leagues are forced to be uh, right now. Um, I'm sure the, uh, I'm sure the setup of the players is going to be a little different with, you know, the home gyms and, <laughs> and home basketball courts that some of them have that uh, we may not have at home, but um, it, it really kind of humanizes the players in terms of not just these amazing pro athletes, but, you know, they do the same stuff that we do. And, um, yeah, I, th I think it's very cool. It it actually reminds me of um, something that the Panthers have been uh, doing right now, the Florida Panthers NHL team, where they're doing a um, a virtual 5K fundraiser. So they're live streaming their players running on a treadmill for 5K, tracking it, um, and then using that 
you know, that initiative to raise funding, um, you know, for, for a charity. Um, that's, that kind of stuff is great. I mean, if, if they can run home at their treadmill, we can run at home on our treadmills too, or even outside. Um, it's not necessarily something that has to be just done at home. Um, but yeah, very, very kind of, um, I think it's a great way to align what players are doing and what fans can do too. And, um, yeah. And who doesn't like horse? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, definitely, I like that point where it's humanizing everybody and, and we're all feeling even more connected and, um, yeah, to kind of wrap up the, the sports business news, kind of very similar where Floyd Mayweather, um, the, he made a partnership with Fubo TV um, to provide a simulated boxing, it looks like. Um, so trying to comprehend what that would entail. Um, but he's um, essentially, you know, you know, leveraging his influence to kind of return to the being, but it's it ring, but it's virtual matchup. So um, we'll see how that plays out. But that's kind of another example of, you know, from the boxing standpoint, how it, it might be a little more difficult to pull off for than a game of horse. Um, but, you know, virtual matchups, um, that should be pretty interesting to see how that, that plays out. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I'm really, I would love to play as, as Mayweather in that virtual matchup. I mean, he, he's, uh, I, I wonder how that simulation is go as an undefeated, yeah. as an undefeated boxer. Do you just always bet on him or want to play as him <laughs> or, or follow him? Yeah, does it, does, that's a good point. Um, yeah, maybe his whole um, legacy gets destroyed by a virtual. Uh, <laughs> uh, I hope he gets some say in terms of, you know, the odds of him him being able to win there. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's quite interesting. So that was the top six sports biz news stories that we covered. Um, this is also going to be sent out our newsletter. Um, On to the next part of this is the, the sports biz pod. So we release two episodes per week. Uh, this week, we uh, released an episode on Tuesday with Jeff Wilson, who's a sports strategist and consultant for FIFA, UEFA, FIBA, and the Barcelona Innovation Hub. And then today, we're going to be releasing this uh, Sports Biz Rundown here with Will Brook and Slate. So if you haven't already, go subscribe, give us a five-star review, uh, follow along with what we're doing, send us an email with any recommendations for, for guests or ideas or articles that we should cover. So um, that's Sports Biz Pod. And then moving to Sports Biz Events. Um, obviously, a lot of events in person have been canceled. Um, so now we're kind of uh, gearing towards how do we provide this kind of resource for almost digital or virtual events. So um, for two things, well, uh, I know you have a, a virtual event coming up. We'll, we'll talk about it in a second. Um, an event we're doing is a sports startup digital debate competition. Applications are going to close this upcoming Monday the 13th. And we're going to have 16 founders pitch in a March Madness style head-to-head -head competition. We have judges that are uh, investors and athletes and executives in the sports and entertainment space. And we're going to live stream this and it's going to be mainly used for a charity fundraiser. So we're going to be announcing some more updates about the charity aspect, but uh, the goal of this is to captivate, you know, an engaging audience, um, unpredictability and provide that kind of entertainment void. So that's an event we're doing and uh, we're hoping to see more applica applications come through and more updates come from that. But Will, if you wanted to kind of mention the event that you're, you're putting on um, digitally in the upcoming weeks. Uh, I will say we'll be applying to that, uh, that pitch event too, uh, for sure. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Nick, for uh, keying me up for our webinar that we'll be uh, launching really next week. Um, we're we're going to be launching a webinar next week with social media experts at pro sports teams, tackling questions like, you know, as a content creator, how do you create content when there aren't live events? And, how do you be adaptable and what are trends that are coming out um, with this, you know, no game time content vacuum um, that's happening right now. And, 
and then also just chatting about what are exciting social media trends that um, they're looking forward to or, or think um, you know they can take advantage of um, going into 2021. Yeah, that's amazing. And um, you know, for to find out, can they just go to your website, uh, slateteams.com, or what's the best way to kind of find more details about that? That's it, exactly. Slateteams.com. Um, yep, forward slash webinar. Cool. Yeah, check that out. And we're gonna uh, we've built a really comprehensive resource to aggregate all the best um, events to one calendar. Obviously, a lot of events are being canceled, so we've been kind of figuring out a new approach. So we're we're likely gonna build another resource to kind of aggregate all the best live webinars, like the one we'll mention, like the event we're doing, and some of the other ones. So stay tuned for that. Um, and then to to wrap up the sports biz rundown, we'll, we'll kind of uh, briefly overview your top sports biz career openings that we just found out. Um, opened in the past week, uh, mainly through our uh, resource with LinkedIn. Um, so uh, we have entry level, mid level, and senior level. There's six jobs that we're just kind of highlighting that are all very interesting, starting with WWE, looking for a global sales and partnership intern. Um, and then we also have Complex. They're looking for a freelance weekend news editor. Um, before we move to the mid level, Will, um, if you got, want to give a quick plug, I know you were mentioning internship with Slate. Is that still going yep. on? Definitely. Um, yeah. So we're, we have two summer internships right now, um, one for customer success and sales and one for marketing. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, connect with Will or go to their website to check out about that. Um, yeah. And then moving to, to the mid-level opportunities that just opened up, we have Amazon looking for a senior vendor manager in the sports department. Uh, we also have the Charlotte Hornets looking for a manager of partnership development. And then finally for the senior level roles, we have Amheuser-Busch, looking for a director of culture for this new uh, influencer category called DraftLine. Uh, and then as well as Google is looking for a TV platform lead within their media, um, entertainment and teleco uh, department. So um, yeah, every week we find the best new uh, jobs that were just recently posted relating to sports and entertainment. Uh, we give them a highlight and uh, we'll likely be launching a career board very soon. Um, but if you haven't already subscribed to our newsletters, uh, go to www.sportsbizgroup. Um, subscribe to our newsletters, uh, our podcasts, and uh, connect with us. And let's definitely figure out ways to collaborate. But um, Will, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, it looks like we're right on time. But you know, any uh, parting words or thoughts or ideas, to kind of uh, share with the listeners. No other parting thoughts. This is a lot of fun, Nick. Um, great, great chatting with you and uh, hearing your perspective on things as well. Yeah, I appreciate that. Cool. So everyone listening, go check out what Will Brook is building with Slate. So connect with him, Will Brook, on, on LinkedIn and, and follow along with Slate's building. It's a great uh, platform and um, getting a lot of traction. So looking forward to see see where you guys are heading. So um, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. If you haven't already, subscribe. Uh, reach out with any ideas and uh, appreciate everyone tuning in. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.